Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, it's Amy here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast for the week. I hope you are all doing really, really well. Hey, I saw a fantastic post last week in the Abundant Yoga Teacher Facebook group Someone was saying, wow, you know, what's happening now? Um, Essentially, it seems to be that a bunch of folks uh, did so well. I'm so seriously so proud of all of you um, in pivoting for the special times. And now as the special times become special times 2.0, there's sort of this sense of, well, what happens next? I know for a lot of you, um, you uh, have really enjoyed teaching online and you're going to stay online. Uh, I know... Some of you are looking to kind of look at a hybrid model. A bunch of you have transitioned to memberships and what does that look like if you are in person? I know for people who are going back to in-person, they're looking at, you know, fewer people in the room. What does that mean for your bottom line? So there's a whole lot of um, there's a whole lot of uncertainty and questions and uh, essentially requests for advice and feedback happening and rightly so uh congratulations to everybody who's made some great posts started some really good threads in the facebook group on these topics what i thought i would do is um, make some coaching time available for everybody um to support you with all of that uh sort of clarity so what i've done i'm calling it a coachathon and essentially at 5 p.m this thursday so remember that's my time zone, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, Otalia, Muarpen, Otalia, at uh, 5 p.m. Thursday, I'm going to have a Zoom sesh where you can come and uh, get some coaching, some mentoring, some uh, advice and support uh, from me on what it is that you're working on. I'll be, uh, I've put two hours in the calendar, so I've got two hours. If we don't need that long, I'll finish early, but um, I'm ready to coach and support you through that time. So if you can come for some of it or the end or the beginning or whatever, um, or if you just want to come along and listen in, I've had a few people reach out to me and say, Hey, I don't have any questions, but I, can I come and hang out? Uh, absolutely. I, I, um, I was just typing back on in the chat now on the Facebook group, like, Yes, come hang out. I'm kind of missing just hanging out with everybody. So, uh, the coachathon, the get your clarity kind of coachathon, happening at 5 p.m. Thursday on Zoom. I've put the Zoom link in the episode notes of this podcast. So if you're li- listening in, uh, go to the episode notes and the link will be there. I'm not sending out reminder emails or la 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 any of that. Uh, it's just there is the link. Please don't DM me asking about what the time is for you. Uh, you're a grown-up. It's 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. You can punch that into Google and then add what time and then put your town, Dallas, whatever. Well, hint, it's horrible o'clock in Dallas, but I don't know, like Glasgow, um, Belfast, <laughs> not so bad for you guys, Dunedin. Um, you probably know that already. And figure it out. 
and uh, come along, come hang out. I, um, like I said, I've got two hours there. If we don't need it all, that's fine. But let's see what we can get through. I'd love to support you. If you are feeling a little bit uncertain about what's coming up next, what you might need, uh, if you want to run your pricing stuff by me, uh, anything like that, business model evolution, come hang out at the Coachathon. 5 p.m. on Thursday, the Zoom link is in my uh, episode notes here. And if you can't find that or whatever, you can always DM me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach and I will send you the link. Okay, so today, actually, let's rewind. Yesterday, yesterday, uh, not a metaphor actually happened. Uh, a friend and I kind of got lost in the forest. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, you know, uh, both of us clearly don't have a strong skill set for directions or reading of maps. I thought I used to do it. It took a lot of getting lost before I finally acknowledged to myself that I suck at directions. We were going quite well until just after lunch, one misstep, and we have put about an extra 15 kilometers into our day walk, which is already a little bit of a stretch for us. Anyway, as you do when you're wandering around in the forest, uh, you have time to think. And I was talking to my friend and I was saying, oh, you know, help me, I've got to come up with a podcast topic. And, and everybody keeps telling me that they want to know more about email marketing. And I just can't do it. I just, there's nothing more boring. I don't want to talk about email marketing. Um, and she just, you know, she, she um, was probably frustrated with me uh, because I'd led her astray <laughs> to the tune of 15 kilometers in the forest. So I uh, didn't necessarily, she, she just sort of suggested that, well, I'd come up with something. And guess what? I did because at 7.30 this morning, after not being able to walk to my front gate, uh, I got myself into a very salty bath and uh, had some time to think. And here's what I decided. I'm going to talk to you about email marketing only if I can sort of reverse engineer some yoga philosophy that into this thing. So, okay. For all of you purists, please don't email me and tell me that I have been reductive or superficial or, or, um, uh, I don't know that I've, that I've, that I've not, um, fully understood the sanctity of what I'm about to do. I know I'm doing this to help keep me interested. The only way you're going to get email marketing advice is if I get to talk about the five acts of Shiva. So here we go. The five acts of Shiva and dot, dot, dot email marketing. So the five acts of Shiva, you know, this is Shiva uh, Nadaraj, the, you know, the Ananda Tanava, the dancing Shiva um, that we see in the Tilai forest, you know, the, the, the whole story with, um, you know, uh, Vishnu and Shiva and getting it on and Mohini and I could go on, but I won't. But for right here and right now, the five acts of Shiva are the five, um, the five acts of Shiva are the five ways that phenomenon can, uh, manifest the five acts of the universe the only five ultimately the only five um uh transitions transformations acts and when we say shiva of course we mean the five acts of me the five acts of you the five acts of god if you like the five acts of pip who's snoring again here uh the five acts of any of us the only five ways that things can happen and everything else is a subset of these five acts what are they creation preservation i like pre to say maintenance actually preservation makes me think of dead animals in jars creation maintenance 
destruction, just because it sounds more interesting than dissolution, but whatever. Uh, concealment and revelation. Creation, maintenance, destruction, concealment, revelation. So I'm going to talk to you about five tips, tips about email marketing as I have <laughs> kind of shoehorned them in to the five acts of Shiva. Here we go. Creation. One, creation. So uh, I decided that for this topic, what should you create when it comes to email marketing? So email marketing is not the same as it was in the 90s nor the noughties and yet. For most of you, it probably still is the primary mechanism by which people will buy something from you. What does that mean? It means that it is important. What it also means is it gets to be like social media, another place where you get to show up and be completely yourself. Your email marketing is just as much safer as your social media marketing. So don't get yourself all bent out of shape about how you're manipulating people or bugging them or pestering them to buy something. Can you imagine I'm pestering somebody to take better care of themselves? Seriously. Email marketing is powerful if you do it like you, if you are authentic, if you are real, if you are respectful, if you seek to give, then email marketing is good. So here's a piece of email marketing that is good, helpful, and I think if you don't have it already, you should go create it. It is your automated onboarding sequence. What is an onboarding sequence? It means the emails that someone gets from you as soon as they sign up to your mailing list. Now, specifically today, I want to talk about the three-part onboarding sequence for people who come to your classes. This one is super important and you set it up so that it is, you know, important word here, automated. This is not something that you manually send out. You make yourself post-it notes and you stick them on the calendar or you have a whiteboard with Brian, Jan, Mary, and you, no, no, no. This is automated so that your email marketing software does it for you. Sidebar. If your response to what I just said is, but I only have the free one, get the paid one. This is not your hobby. This is your business. Pretty sure other business owners buy the tools that they need for their business. They're not trying to dick it all about with the free stuff. I don't know what that looks like, but hopefully, <laughs> maybe I should have said gaffer tape it together, <laughs> duct tape it. Anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> Strange linger construction images in my mind. Moving on, if you're not paying for the one that has the automation function, bloody pay for it. This is the business. Stop it. Stop being cheap with yourself. Stop being cheap with your business. Think about what's happening here. You, are, I'm going to, I'm going to explain to you what I think you should go build in an automated three-part onboarding sequence that happens automatically and will help with your retention radically. <gasps> you might have to pay a little bit of money every month for that to happen. Worth it? Yes. Okay. So this is the onboarding sequence for people who have just come along to your class. The first one is the one that says, thanks for coming. I hope you had a great time. Uh, here's some things you might notice tomorrow if this is your first class. 
The next one comes out the following day and it says, Hey Amy, it was great to see you yesterday. I hope you're feeling good after class. I'd love to hear back from you. Write me back and tell me what you enjoyed about the class. Also, here's a free thing that you might like to try. It can be a YouTube video. It can be a Yoga Nidre MP3. It can be a whatever you do. Some small little free thing that relates to the experience that they just had with you. Then three days after that one, you send them another email saying, Hey, Amy, just checking in to see if I'll see you again next week. As well as the class you came to, I've got a bunch of other classes that you might like to check out. Here's a link to the schedule where you can also read all the different class types and pick the one that feels great for you. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to email me back. I'd love to hear from you. Damn. There are three email sequences onboarding automated. So straight away, think about it. You've gone to a yoga class, you get home and the teacher checks in with you and then she checks in with you the next day. And then after a couple of days, when you're just at that point of going, yeah, I don't know. She emails you again and says, can't wait to see you again. This is not manipulative or pushy or salesy or weird. This is aftercare and an invitation. That's your creation. Number two is the preservation or the maintenance act of Shiva. So in email marketing, your maintenance phase is called a nurture sequence. These are the emails that you send out to people when you're not actively selling anything. So remember, and those of you, if you've done my social media Confidence for Yoga Teachers course, you'll know that by, largely, for the most part, I recommend a 75 to 25% uh, content to sales, i.e. 75% of your social media is useful content seeking to be in service to your community. 25% of it is an invitation to come along to something or buy something from you. So 75% not selling or not directly selling. 25% would you like to buy this thing? Similarly for your emails. So your maintenance phase or the, the second act of Shiva, the preservation maintenance phase, this is, like I said, your nurture sequence opportunity. This is where you send emails to people that where you're not selling them anything, you're just adding value. What are the things that you could email people to add value? What would be useful for them? What are they interested in? What would position you as an expert or a leader such that when you launch the next thing for sale, your people already hold you in that regard? What have you already made that you can use again? I know some of my clients are being interviewed on podcasts, other people's podcasts. Well, guess what? If you get interviewed on someone else's podcast, now you have a piece of free content. Hopefully you said something useful. Maybe that's just me projecting from my own podcast. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, and... You send out a link to your mailing list. Hi, Amy. Hope you're having a great week. Earlier in the week, I was interviewed on the whatever podcast and I was talking about yada yada. I thought you might like to have a listen. In the podcast, I'm talking about A, B and C. 
Maybe you can even try it out. Have a listen and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. That's it. So what are what do you have that you could send out as part of your nurture sequence? Maybe you took a, you know, maybe it's a class that was really popular during lockdown that you have on your hidden on your YouTube channel. Maybe it's a recorded uh, yoga nidra that you just recorded at the end of a class and you have it. Um, maybe it's a link to an article or a book review that you've just done. Maybe you write for a magazine or you have a blog and it's a link to that. Maybe you put on something specific like the coachathon that I just mentioned. Maybe you put on a webinar. No, the five things to look for when you're choosing your yoga teacher training. Or it's a Q&A for going to your retreat. So the maintenance phase is really important. I'm not a fan of newsletters. I'm not a fan of sending stuff out just for the hell. Oh shit, it's nearly the end of July. I'd better send out a newsletter. Never do that again ever. But do be thinking about regularly sharing useful information with your community. Remember, we're looking to help people. We're yoga teachers. That's why we got in the game. What could you what could you send out to your email list that might be useful? This is your maintenance phase. In email marketing, it's called your nurture sequence. So if you don't have one or if you've just been doing god awful, I love you monthly newsletters or if you're only sending out emails when you're trying to sell something and you're scared and you're sending a heap of emails just saying buy my shit buy my shit and you're wondering why people are unsubscribing it's because you haven't given them enough goodies give people goodies because one it's nice and two people are more likely to buy from you if you give them goodies that's just the way that it works you know but um but you know again I mean, we're not selling cigarettes to chimpanzees, right? Like this is actually good stuff. And if people come to your candlelit yin or your Ayurvedic cleanse or whatever, they're probably going to be better off for it. So you should feel good about actually promoting your shit. Okay. Uh, The third act of Shiva, say it with me now, is destruction. This one might, um, well, let's find out. Destruction, dissolution breaking things down, um, the, you know, the destroyer, this is the Shiva role in the Trinity, right? Um, in the Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, Trinity, the, um, Shiva is that guy. Uh, so here's what I suggest when we're thinking about dissolution or destruction in your, in your email marketing, you need to, uh, you need to actively manage your email list. Just having a like a having a big email list is not in and of itself the goal here because you could have 10,000 people on your email list but 9,900 of those people your email goes straight to their spam folder. And they never see anything that you send out. There's no point in having those 9,900 people on your email list if they never open an email from you. They're just taking up space. And it feels energetically like clutter, right? That you have all of this kind of dead wood 
hanging around that if you are a grown-up and you have a business and you're paying for your CRM based on how many subscribers you have, if you've got thousands or even a couple of hundred people on that list that never open your emails, you're paying for that unnecessarily. But two, it's also um, it's also impacting your open rate and your click rate. It's impacting your deliverability statistics. So if you have, if, if say, for example, half of your email list hasn't opened an email from you in the past six months, the likelihood of them coming back to yoga is actually low. There are ways that you can reactivate email subscribers and uh, next week I want to put on a five-part mini training something something about email marketing. We'll, maybe we can get into that then. Let me know if, if, if like reactivation sequence would be useful. But for right here and now, uh, it's unlikely that just if you're just sending out an email a week with some useful content and every fourth one is a buy something or you know an invitation to come along to something, if someone hasn't opened your email for six months, you're not going to their inbox. I mean, maybe you're going to their promotions folder, but I don't know about you. I rarely check that. There are a few brands that when I see uh, that pop up in the uh, promotions folder, I'll go take a look. But stuff gets lost in there all the time. People that I really want to follow, Gmail still pushes them over to promotions and I don't check that very often. But chances are you're not even going there. Chances are you're going to spam. And let's face it, in 2020, ain't nobody checking their spam folder unless you buy something and then you can't find it. But no one's just, oh, look, it's Friday afternoon, time to check my spam. No one does that. So if your emails have been going into someone's spam folder for six months, they're not coming back. At least they're not coming back because you sent them an email. So where I am encouraging you to have some shiver, the destroyer, fierce love with your email list is by radically pruning it back. And you can do, depending on the CRM that you use, if you do Flowdesk or MailChimp or Constant Contact or Entreport or la 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 la, whatever, whichever one, you will be able to create a segment or a list or a filter, whatever it's called with your system, whereby you pull out the email addresses of people who haven't opened anything for ages. And I'm talking about not if they've only opened a couple over six, if they haven't opened anything for six months or three months, if you're feeling particularly bold, it's time to unsubscribe those people from your list. Your email uh, reputation matters. And I'm not talking in this instance, I'm not talking about how you're regarded by your subscribers. What I'm talking about is how you're regarded by email delivery software, i.e. what does Gmail actually think about you? For the, for the most part, it's Gmail these days, most people. What do they think? If you have a huge um, unopened rate, if a whole bunch of your emails aren't kind of going anywhere, Gmail thinks that your big crap might not, you know, might bump your emails off to spam a bit sooner. You want to be really deliverable. And what that means, or one way to make that happen, is by removing people from your email list that never open your emails. Now, and this was particularly pertinent for those of you who have done the Facebook ads know-how for yoga teachers program. You never delete that data, right? Like 
you would unsubscribe them. You would tag them with the date and why you unsubscribe them. Um, but you would never delete that data because you want to be able at any time to pull it out and use it for things like custom audiences in Facebook. So what I would recommend is that you do that filter or segment, download that segment so that, and save it somewhere with a good file name so that you could upload it later to Facebook if you wanted to. Remember, don't get triggered here by data protection because if you're a yogi, with great boundaries, you have a privacy policy on your website, you have a GDPR compliant, a data protection compliant email delivery system. And so if someone has opted in to from your website to sign up to your mailing list, they have agreed to both of those things, which means that you have been given permission by the subscriber to repurpose their data for marketing. And that includes you have it in your privacy policy using that data to make custom audiences now if you don't have those things in place you better believe it it's not okay to be putting someone's email address into some other system it's not it's just not and that's bad news but if you have consent from the subscriber that's perfectly legit now so you create that segment you download the segment you save it somewhere for later because you might want to use it as part of a reactivation strategy then you go back to your CRM and you unsubscribe all of those people. And you've removed from your email list people who aren't interested. That's the reality of it. They're just not open in it. And maybe they would be interested, but they've forgotten about you because you've been going to spam for so long or you're in the promotions tab and they only look over there when Prana has a sale. Whoopsie. Uh, whatever. The reality is highly unlikely that if they haven't opened an email for, for a really long time that they're going to sign up for your class. So delete, uh, sorry, so unsubscribe them. And what you will see is a corresponding uh, um, increase. I hate that uptick. Oh God. You'll see a corresponding uptick. Bah. You'll see a corresponding increase in your open rate because you've got rid of people who never see the emails and who are, um, uh, who are who are uh, influencing your data negatively. So keep the active people, remove the others, destroy <laughs> your email list uh, in terms of people who aren't opening. Now, give people some time. This is like, well, shit, Tony didn't open his email last week. He's gone. <laughs> you don't need to be that punishing. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully you get my point. All right, uh, that's destruction or dissolution. Let's move on. Thanks for letting me like <laughs> codify some email marketing hacks using uh, <laughs> the tantric teaching. I appreciate that. Uh, makes it easier for sure for me. Definitely more interesting. Number four, the fourth act of Shiva is the concealment act. Things are hidden. Things aren't clear to us. This is, you know, depending on your jam. You could also talk about this in terms of like illusion. Concealment. All right, you ready for it? This is the truth bomb. This is this is um, ignorance or uh, stuff that you might not have realized you were doing or stuff that was getting in your way um, that, that 
you might not have been aware of, um, concealment, stuff that is influencing you without your uh, conscious knowledge, the stuff that you just didn't know. When someone unsubscribes from your mailing list, it does not make you a bad person. I know, because I've been doing this for a minute, I know that there are yoga teachers who will not send out an email to their list because they're worried that people will unsubscribe. Do I need to talk more about the logic fail there? Pretty clearly, if you're not emailing them, then there's no point having an email list. It makes me think of when I was growing up, our next door neighbours, they had the good room, you know? They had the good room. They only went in the good room on Christmas Day and someone got baptised. You, you, the, the good room had the, you know, the lounge that had never been touched, plastic doilies on the arms. It's like having, like, what's the point of having that goddamn room if no one's going in there? I inherited my grandmother's Royal Albert Country Roses for 12. Even the teapot cosy thing. If you don't know much about Royal Albert, that is pretty garish. Red, orange, green, rose, fine, bone china. Two teapots, serviette rings, serviettes, like the whole shebang. Uh, We never used that, obviously. Uh, It just sat in the special crystal cabinet at my grandma's. It never got used because it was the good china. Don't use it. It's the good china. Not emailing your email list is like having the good china or the front room. Doesn't make sense. What's the point of having it unless you're going to use it? So get over this limiting belief that people unsubscribing from your email list somehow makes you, uh, I don't know, let's see, um, imminent bankruptcy imminent. Um, the, wor- the, the, the naggiest, pushiest yoga salesperson on the planet. Um, bossy boss boss. Uh, what else might you think? If someone unsubscribes, um, that, that you're a loser, that you're the crappest yoga teacher in your town, that you never have anything to say and you always knew it, um, that you just can't write and that's why you flunked out on English at high school. Like, stop it. People just unsubscribe because they're not into it. It doesn't make you a bad person and hell if we're going to try and hang this email marketing talk on tantric metaphysics let's talk about the fact that you're god anyway so if someone unsubscribes from your list doesn't make you any less divine baby you can't corrode that shit it just is so if it makes you feel any better guess what over 11,000 people have unsubscribed unsubscribed from my mailing list. Catch that? 11,000. More than 11,000. MailChimp likes to remind me every time I open the goddamn thing. (laughs) 11,000. More than 11,000 people have unsubscribed from my email list. Guess what? I still quite like me. Some people still there. Bless them. Opening shit. Some of them even click stuff. Amazing. People Unsubscribing from your email list is a really good thing. Here's the thing. 
You want to be an absolute yes or an absolute no. You want to be polarizing. You want people to either love what you're saying or unsubscribe. You don't want people just hanging around. See point three above cleaning your email list. If I'm just opening your emails and I'm like, meh, why do you want me on your email list? You want me to unsubscribe, right? Like, what are you waiting around for a better email offer? No, get out of here. Engage with me, like my shit, or piss off with love, of course. My point is, if you know, it's like it's like dating in your twenties. Like, well, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember being at a counselor. <sighs> Heartache broken uh, in my 20s and she says you know Amy it doesn't matter you could be the best peach ever some people just like apples well you know what the same is true for email marketing but you want to be polarizing like you want to be peach peach peachy peach so that all the apple people just fuck off you're not trying to change someone's mind throwback to 20s dating you're not trying to be something that you're not there are enough people who are interested in coming to your yoga that you being you talking about what you love using the language that you would use in class including photos of what you actually look like sharing useful content about stuff that lights you up and you have seen be effective in your life and the life of your students that is going to really excite the people that it excites and is going to be disinteresting to the people that find it disinteresting. Good news. Because you don't want people showing up to your class who are like, ugh, candlelit yin, boo. Right? You don't want them on your email list. So if you are in denial, fear, lack, poverty consciousness, or any type of concealment around unsubscriber behavior, it's time to shake that up. You want to know if someone's not into you. Get them off your list. If you're not a match, you're not a match. It is not a reflection of your personality, your ability, your teaching capacity, your, I don't know, whatever else you could be insecure about. It's simply not a match. Unsubscribes are good why would you want someone hanging around who was never going to come to your class? It's weird. It's really weird, actually. You don't want them there. Like, why are they on your list? Creepy creeps. Unsubscribes are good for you. You want to be polarizing. If you're sending out emails and keeping them so bland and banal because you don't want someone to unsubscribe, guess what? All the people who love you are getting bored. Be you, do you, whatever that looks like. It might take you a while to figure it out. I know when I started coaching in whenever that was, 2013, the emails I would send out, God help me if you're listening to this and you're on my list back then, they sounded like my coach because I wasn't I didn't I hadn't discovered my own email marketing voice yet. I was still figuring it out. That may be true for you. Maybe you're writing emails like your teacher does let it evolve over time but I promise you the more you write emails like you sound and talk about the things that you love and come across as you would in class the more the students that you love to teach will love to interact with your emails please be polarizing you're looking to create love or hate 
You're looking to encourage the people who aren't into you to unsubscribe. It's just not a fit. It's not you're a bad person or you sucked or you got it wrong or, oh, my God, that was a crappy email. I had 20 unsubscribes. No, that was a good email, sister. You got 20 unsubscribes on that email. It was a good one. You you better believe the ones that are like the most impactful for the people you love to teach are the most repellent for, for the people that you don't like to teach. That's the way that it works. So if you're feeling downhearted, oh my God, two and a half people and their cat unsubscribed. Remember, Amy has had over 11,000 unsubscribes. Think about it. When you're paying $5 a subscriber at a Facebook ad, you know what I'm talking about. That's some money, baby. So what? The people who are left, awesome. Point number five, revelation. The fifth act of Shiva, revelation. (laughs) I wasn't sure what to do for this one, but I decided to keep it super practical. So here we go. The place where yoga teachers seem to be giving their power away when it comes to email marketing is looking at your data and what it reveals to you about your subscribers' behavior. If you are not looking at your reports, what's an analogy? If you are not looking at your reports, mm, oh my God, here's one that drives me crazy. No, this is going to be polarizing. I'm going to do it anyway. Shit, this one's for you, Stacey. It's like people who go to kundalini classes and don't realize that those chants are in another language. Like, hello, something else is going on here. You need to actually take a look at what you're doing so that you understand what's going on. Ain't no on namo in Sanskrit. I'm just saying. Okay, we've done that. Okay, everybody. If you didn't know, folks are like, what? That's a different, hang on, what? But Gabby said, yep, it's a different language. It's okay. It's just a different language. All right, moving back on. Moving back to the topic at hand. Are you looking at your reports? You know, are you following up with people who have interacted with your emails or people who haven't? You can filter people who have opened or not opened, people who have clicked or not clicked. You know, if someone has clicked your email saying, sign up for my yoga teacher training, if they were interested enough to click a link in your email and go take a look at your website, you need to be following up with them particularly for big ticket items. You know, if you have, if you've got a yoga, say you've got an online yoga teacher training coming up, right? It's starting in August and you want to get 20 people in their stat. If you sent out an email and seven people clicked that link, if you are not sending a personal email to each of those seven people, seeing if they want to get on the phone with you and talk about your yoga teacher training, you are missing out on serving these people and welcoming them into your yoga teacher training. You need to be looking at that data. It is powerful. It is incredibly useful. And if you aren't checking it, you are missing out on the opportunity to really reach out to the people who have shown an interest in what it is that you're doing. You know, I've been in this game for a while now. I kind of, if there are certain big internet marketers that I follow, if they don't send me personalized follow-up and look for them, it's not actually personalized, but it's creatively crafted such that it looks like it is. I feel like, what, am I not worth being, you know, followed up? 
it's an important part of the sales process. So like, for example, if you're using MailChimp, you need to go look at the reports and go see who opened, who clicked. I promise you, if you press that number, it's a look at the clicks, it'll be a blue number, which means it's a hyperlink. If you click the number, it will show you the names of everybody. You'll know them because they're your super fans and they probably click a lot of stuff. And you'll be able to say, huh, I didn't know that Jason was thinking about my yoga teacher training. I'm going to send him a message on Insta and just check in to see if he's got any questions. Or I didn't know that, I don't know why I always use Brian. <laughs> Who the hell's Brian? Brian always comes up in these examples. <laughs> I didn't know that. Man, we need some not so Anglo names, Amy. I didn't know that Brian was interested in like my mentorship program. Huh, I'm going to drop him a DM on Facebook and... Um, Make sure he knows about the Q&A session I've got coming up later in the week. So, you you know, use that data, not because you're being pushy or icky or salesy or weird, but because life is busy. I have been on the mailing list of a particular coach. Uh, it's not related to this, something else. For probably about 18 months, every couple of months, they ring me up and they say, hey, Amy, are you ready to sign up yet? How's it all going? And I say, you know what? I'm so close. I've just got to do this next little piece, but I'm there. Ring me back in two months. They'll ring me back. I'm not, they're, they're not harassing me. I, I need it. Like every time they check in with me, I'm like, yeah, I'm still there. I'm, I'm working hard to get to that goal. Get back with me in two months. So never feel that reaching out to people and checking in is pushy or salesy or weird unless it is. So last week was the last opportunity, the closing, to sign up for my Keep Growing Mastermind. And a, a week or so before, I had done a Q&A call for people who were interested in coming along that um, had questions. And during the week, last week, I put some stuff on my Instagram saying, uh, I think, we had three places left and then there was just one place left. And I tagged the people in that post who had come to the Q&A session that I hadn't heard from to just let them know, hey, there's just one spot left. Now, that's not icky or pushy or weird. That's a courtesy message. And the same is true for your clicks. If you if you are being pushy and or if you feel weird about it, it's like the inner thigh palpation, right? Like if, if a hands-on assist is not weird if you're clear and intent about it. It's like massage, body work. It's not weird unless it's weird because you're being weird. That's when the person feels weirded out, when you're being weird. But if you're not being weird, if you're not being pushy, if you're not being salesy, the other person doesn't feel like that. It just feels like a courtesy. So the people that I tagged in the Insta post saying, hey, just letting you know, if you're thinking about Keep Growing Mastermind, there is just one spot left. Tag, tag, tag the people who I hadn't heard from. That's fine. You know, the place someone accepted it, whatever. Um, the people that I tagged, um, for the most part, said, I've, you know, it's not the right time for me. Thanks for letting me know. Great. I'm not then saying, oh, but I really think you should because, you know, it's really should be the right time for you. And if it's not the right time, that's like your limiting belief. And if it's not going to happen now, then it's never going to happen. That would be weird. That would be a creepy inner thigh palpation. Weird. But it wasn't weird because it was just, hey, letting you guys know if you're thinking about it, there is just the one spot. Similarly, I wasn't lying about the one spot. Scarcity marketing works. There's five places left. There's three places left. If you're in any of my programs and I'm helping you sell a retreat or a teacher training or a workshop, there will be a time where I will recommend that you use scarcity marketing. But here's the thing. We're yogis. 
Don't lie about that shit. Again, it's not to be super manipulative. It is compelling. We're humans. We have FOMO. It's real. But the way that you get to do it with your emails is approaching it as a courtesy, not as a sales tactic, not as a manipulation. So all of this to say that the point five, the fifth act of Shiva, the revelation is the reports in your CRM will be a revelation if you go in and look at them and use that information to follow up with people. Check in with them as a courtesy, not as some kind of stalky, if I don't get this sale, all is lost, pushy, pushy, weirdo, palpation of the inner thigh creepiness. All right, so quick recap. The five acts of Shiva are creation, maintenance, destruction, concealment, and revelation. Create yourself a three-part automated welcome sequence. Two. Make sure you have a nurture sequence in place so that you're not just sending blamongy, God help me, monthly newsletters, let, oh, help, worse, quarterly seasonal check-ins, bath, don't do that. But also don't just be like, buy my something, buy my something, come to, you know, whatever. Jinyasa, every, like, stop doing that too. Nurture, give, 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 seek to serve 75%. Three, destruction, get rid of people, unsubscribe them, save the data first, but unsubscribe people who haven't opened anything for ages. They're bringing down your stats. They're not going to buy something from you. Keep it clean, keep it peppy, keep it uncluttered. Four, when people unsubscribe, it is always good news. They just weren't that into you. Five, revelation. Your email system has so much data that will help you radically increase the prosperity in your business. Like without a doubt, if you are not following up with people based on your email data, this is a crass way to say it, but you're leaving money on the table. And from a yoga perspective, there are people who have just got a little bit busy or a little bit distracted or maybe, and this one's the heartbreaker, didn't think they were good enough for your thing. And so they took themselves out of the game. If you had have sent one cute little message, hell, Instagram voice memo. Hey, Amy, I see that you clicked the link to my yoga mentoring program. I just wanted to let you know that one, I'd love to talk to you about it. And two, I've got a Q&A session coming up on my Facebook page tomorrow night at eight. No one feels icked out about that. They just feel thought of. All right, folks, there you have it. The five acts of shiver and uh, ellipsis email marketing. Reminder: If you want to come to my coachathon, which is really just me um, coaching y'all, is uh, if that would be useful. Um, the link is in the episode notes. It's going to be at 5 p.m. Thursday, Melbourne, Australian Eastern Time. You get to do the conversion. Don't message me to get me to do that for you. It's going to be awesome. Yes, you can just come to hang out. Uh, I'll see you all there. And until next time, take care. Bye. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. 
DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care. Mm-hmm.